Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night, they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And he called out to them, friends, have you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then a disciple who Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. And as soon as Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in a boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Let's pray together. Lord, may we reflect on how you deal with us in those times when everything seems to be going right and even the times when things don't seem to be going the right way. May we learn from your word this morning what you have always promised to do, and that is to be with us in the good times as well as the difficult times. May we take the lessons from this text to apply to our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The history of any ministry, church, or organization will reveal the high points as well as the low ones. Those points experienced during the, the time of his existence. Our church has not been exempted from the ebbs and flows the plentiful seasons, as well as the dormant ones. Our history contains times of joy, as well as times of sorrow, days of, days of contentment, as well as days of challenge. What ministry has not encountered the extremes, the peaks and valleys that mark the good times, as well as the difficult times? In my thinking about this church, as we reflect on where we are, after 130 years of ministry, I was drawn to this familiar passage of Scripture. As unusual as it may seem to be an appropriate text to celebrate our anniversary, I found in it the very experiences similar to the life cycle of any church. 
John in his gospel relates an account of seven disciples, five who are named and two we do not know who they were, wrestling with what they were to do with themselves, with each other, trying to regroup, regroup and, and recover during a time of uncertainty and doubt in their ministry. Whether they were sitting together or walking along the shoreline of the Sea of Tiberias, uh, the Sea of Galilee, it's left for us to imagine, without compromising the integrity of the text, let us assume it's in the middle or late afternoon when Peter the fisherman states what he intends to do, I'm going fishing. And the six others, as they had often done in the past, follow his lead. What was Peter thinking? Was it an abandonment of the ministry of which he had been a part of for the last three years? Was it to claim again the life that was less complicated and less demanding, the one of familiarity, the one of simplicity? Or was it with the thought of what was once enjoyed, the grand memories of a glorious past, now seemingly distant, could somehow be recovered by going back to where it all began, in a boat with Jesus when he called him to be a fisher of men. After gathering up the nets, they climbed into a boat at dusk, and with lit torches, they went out onto the dark waters and searched all night and didn't catch a blooming thing. Their efforts were unproductive. We read, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was him. And he called out to them. I like the way that the New American Standard Bible presents the words of Jesus as he addresses these weary fishermen. It reads, children, you don't have any fish, do you? <laughs> to which they had to respond, no. If Peter was seeking a restart to a life with purpose, could have the empty net jarred his memory of another fishing trip? When he had to say to Jesus, Master, we toiled all night and didn't catch a thing. Hearing the words spoken by the one on shore, they obeyed. For it was Jesus who said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. Was the mind and memory of Peter and the others being, being stirred? John, another fisherman, from those early days when they were out on the waters, first recognized the one on the shore, and he said to Peter, It is the Lord. No doubt in Peter's mind, it is the Lord. What happened once in the deep waters of the sea three years ago has happened again in the shallow waters of Tiberias. As soon as Simon Peter heard John say, it is the Lord, he wrapped, out, he wrapped himself in his outer garment. He, he had to take it off so he goes fishing. Now he puts it back on so he can greet Jesus. And he jumps into the water. 
this impulsive shoot-from-the-hip Peter was reclaiming what he knew all along, that what was to be found, what was to be experienced, what was truly meaningful would only be found in Jesus Christ. The remainder of the text, the verses to follow, presents some good advice on how we are to today. Consider where we have been, where we are now, and where we as a church are to go from here after 130 years of ministry. Can I just give you three points? And I can do it quickly. One, we may reflect upon the grand and glorious days of our past, desiring that we may return to the good old days. And the fact is, we can't go back. It is good to celebrate and to remember the events and the seasons where it was evident that God was blessing. When Jesus was leading his church, we must be thankful for the evidence of a God who has always been faithful during the difficult times, the challenging times, and also grateful for the seasons that have been fruitful and where growth has been experienced. We are to learn from our past, but we are not to lean on our past. Number two, only when the disciples listened to Jesus, when they heeded his voice, were they successful. They labored all night on their own, and they accomplished nothing. Being attentive to the Lord's instructions and doing what he has said brought about the great catch of fish. Not much is accomplished if we make our work our own. Doing it on our own doesn't work. Remembering it's the Lord's work, and it's the Lord who accomplishes his purposes, allowing us to work for him. Three, the key lesson for the church today is found in two words that Jesus spoke to Peter. Peter first heard them on that first fishing trip when Jesus called him and the others to become fishers of men. They were heard again, as recorded later in this chapter that we have just looked at, chapter 21 in the Gospel of John. As Jesus and Peter or going for a walk after breakfast. Jesus spoke them many times to Peter. Jesus spoke these two words many times to the disciples. These two words are what Jesus has spoken to you and to me over and over and over again. Follow me. That's how the ministry began. Follow me. And that's where Jesus has again greeted Peter with these two words. Follow me. And that is what he's asking of us today. Our history is a record of how attentive we have been to these two words spoken by Jesus. Follow me. And our future will be determined by how obedient we are to his command. 
follow me. Jesus said, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. And anyone who serves me, the Father will honor him. We are to follow him. And in following him, God will honor the work that we do in the name of Jesus, who has simply told us, follow me. Let us pray. Lord, we have rejoiced together this morning in so many ways, through song, through prayer, through these beautiful testimonies of what you have meant to so many people who have been under the ministry of a church that has been at it for 130 years. We don't know what the future holds in terms of years, but we know that we have today. Today we are to follow you. And if tomorrow we follow you, on another year or another 130 years, Lord, may we be followers of Jesus Christ, surrendering to the head of the church, to your glory and to your pleasure, we pray in his name. Amen.